Hey there, future fans! This week, we're being very, very quiet. We're trying to stay alive. It's the week of May 28th, 2021, and this is episode 204 of Future Flakes with Billiam. Right, my friends, welcome to the show. That's right, we're still going. I have not had to take a mental health break yet. No, once again, we have another episode for the fourth week in a row now. Fourth? I think that's how counting works. Well, thank you for tuning in. Uh, if you're new here, let me tell you what it is we do. This is Future Flicks with Billiam, and on the show, we do quite a few things. We start with the news that is any new news that has caught my eye since the last episode. Then we jump into the trailers, and that's right, any new trailers I've caught my eye since the last episode. I am an imperfect being, so sometimes I miss things, and if I miss something that you think I should have talked about, just always, always let me know. You can find out how to contact me in the show notes or in the closing housekeeping. But the basics are BilliamSWN on Twitter and Instagram, and uh, I also have a bookstagram account, Reading Rainbill. I'm starting a YouTube page soon. We're, we're, we're just moving up here. It's, it's good news. So after the news and trailers, we jump into the movies. Movies are broken up into two categories. And these movies are all of the movies coming out during the week. Sometimes I miss a couple, but the good news is if I miss something, it's probably a very, very limited release. And then so you probably uh, wouldn't even miss it. But I try my best to talk about all of them. And like I said, I break them up into two categories. The first category is the limited section. Those are all movies that are getting a limited release, but also didn't catch my eye, so I'm not very excited about them. Because, yes, I don't get any early access to anything. I am just a mild-mannered podcaster. I am not very famous, or even moderately famous. So I don't get any early access, and all of my thoughts, I base 100% on the trailers, because let's face it, that's how movies have to sell themselves to us. After the limited section, it's the wide releases and interesting indies, which is exactly what it sounds. Every wide release, so every nationwide theatrical release and anything coming to a common streaming service like Netflix, Hulu, Amazon Prime, all those, Disney+, Plus, HBO Max, Apple TV+. Even though I don't know anyone who has Apple TV+, it's supposedly doing good, so I'll keep on talking about it. And then I tell you a pick of the week going, hey, if I see a movie this week, let me tell you what I would see. And sometimes it's the most exciting one that would benefit the most from the theatrical experience. Sometimes it's one that looks the best, like a good quality indie film that just gets me excited. But I'll tell you, hey, if you see a movie, see this one this week. And sometimes we do a question of the week, uh, still on hiatus with that. And then I send you along your way to listen to the other great shows you may listen to, including those in the Somewhat Nerdy Podcast Network, which is hopefully returning soon. That's Somewhat Nerdy Radio and Nerds of the Squared Circle. Also good, good friends of the show. Great friends of the show, actually. The Watch Your Mouth Podcast, and we're doing fine with Robbie and Lisa. Uh, in, in the next few months, I hope to have a guest host on the show, and it's going to go better than last time. When I had my friend Walker on, if you listened back then, I know it was terrible. I'm sorry. I had set up the whole thing. And then the mic died right when he got here because my wife and I tested it out. It worked great. He sits down. It dies. I think it just hated him. <laughs> but uh, the uh, guest I'm going to have on, I want to have on, is Big D, the movie hunter. You should check out his YouTube channel. Uh, find a link in the show notes. This man's movie knowledge just dwarfs mine. I love movies with a passion. And his passion could smother mine in its sleep. That's That's how much he loves movies. And I 100% promise you the quality, the audio quality will be a whole lot better than the last time. Well, my future friends, without further ado, let us jump into the first segment, which, as always, is the news. This just in from Hollywood, the news. This first story comes to us from Inverse. 
Hey, have you heard anything about the new Dune coming out, uh, having a release date changed or it's not coming to HBO Max? Well, don't fret because nothing has changed. Apparently, there are a few different rumors going around. And uh, Dennis Villanueva spoke out uh, about the release date. In fact, about it coming out on HBO Max, saying that it would interfere with the movie's ability to perform financially. And Warner Brothers might just have killed the Dune franchise. Because no matter how much people like the movie, let's be honest, if it doesn't make any money, then it might not get a sequel. Because companies like this don't give a shit. If they put out a movie and then people want a sequel and they never get it, they don't care. They just want to make money first and foremost. While artists and people, other people who do this for a living, like the actors and stuff, maybe they do want to do another project. Maybe they care about it. So Dennis Villanueva is scared that maybe this is going to affect how it's all going to work out. But apparently there have been rumors floating around uh, about the release date being changed, but nothing has changed. This next story comes to us from Insider. This is uh, regarding the upcoming, and so far in early, early, early pre-production, uh, the upcoming Black Superman movie, which, let's be honest, that's not going to be the title. It's just a Superman movie, but the thing that everyone's focusing on is the fact that a person of color is going to be playing Superman, and any true comic fan should know that, yes, Superman has been black, and with all of the different universes in the comic world, of course, there's going to be a universe where the Kents were black. But this story isn't about that. The story is about J.J. Abrams reveals that he is not going to be directing the movie as previously thought. Apparently, he'll be stepping down because it would be, quote, tone deaf for him to direct this landmark movie. Because we have had white characters portrayed by black people in the com in comic book movies before with Kingpin and... um. I mean, Nick Fury was black before the MCU, but that was a big one, too. And let's be honest, no, none of those characters are as big as the change being made to Superman. And I think that, yeah, sure, this is going to be such a big movie that it should be directed by a person of color. Abrams is staying on as a producer and writer Ta-Nehisi Coates is writing the screenplay, which excites me so much because Ta-Nehisi Coates is so good. I love his nonfiction work. It's fantastic. He has a beautiful way with words, and I'd, I'd love to see his vision for this. Because I know, if you've listened to me for a while, I, I know that I've had quite a few problematic views in my time. And I, I'm, I'm embarrassed that I ever did, but I'm proud of myself for, you know, growing the f*** up and getting my head out of my ass. I'm, I'm glad I did that. And what I see now is that Unless the race or skin color or creed or whatever of the character is a key part to that character, it doesn't matter who plays them. And I, yeah, I, I do truly believe that it won't matter. That look at Kingpin. Michael Clark Duncan playing the Kingpin was fantastic. I, I couldn't have thought, think, thought of anyone else to play Kingpin in the Daredevil movie. And he was the best part of that Daredevil movie. So am I sad that we probably won't see another Henry Cavill Superman movie? Yes, because I think he was a fantastic Superman. Despite the problems with the movies he was in, it was never his fault. But I am looking forward to where this is going. Jeez, have I talked about these stories last week? Because this one seems familiar. Okay, well, I'm sorry if I had talked about this story before. Actor Charles Grodin has passed away at the age of 86. Uh, you would, if, if you're my age... You would best know him as the dad from Beethoven, but he's been in a lot of stuff. He has 70 credits to his name on IMDb, but Beethoven was a big part of my childhood. I watched that film a lot. Next up, Robert De Niro. Uh, if you've heard that Robert De Niro has been hurt and read headlines like this one from SheFinds.com, Robert De Niro just dropped this major bombshell about his health status. We're devastated for him. Don't worry, he's not dying. At least I hope not. Uh, it's a torn quad, which is extremely painful from what I heard. I, I heard it's excruciating. He says it's excruciating, and I 100% believe him. But the way this article, and I this is my first time ever hearing about She Finds as a site, so I, I hope this isn't something that they normally do. But it's just so clickbaity and sensational. No, like I would be devastated for him too that he got hurt and it hurt so bad, but... It's a torn quad. It's not cancer. 
Apparently he just heard himself stepping over something and uh, you've seen it. You've probably seen that sometimes it's the it's just something simple and you can get this terrible injury. I think Vince McMahon from the WWE tore a quad just stepping into the ring. And even though he's an old man, he's still in shape. So it could happen. In news from Marvel, uh, you may have heard that Kevin Feige has been making the rounds about the whitewashing incident from Doctor Strange. And I 100% see where he was coming from with his decision to make the Ancient One a woman. I also see why people were upset. And I think that this was the best outcome. I think it's 100% the best outcome. So people were upset that the Ancient One, an Asian character, uh, was played by a white woman. So Asian male, white woman. Kevin Feige and the people behind Doctor Strange apparently were worried that, well, the Ancient One is kind of based on an Asian stereotype. So maybe they thought, oh, let's not do this Asian stereotype and let's try and be woke and bring a woman into it. But their attempts, noble as they were, um, people were just like, hey, where'd the Asian go? Where did the Asian go in a in a Hollywood that doesn't get enough Asian representation? So basically, Kevin Feige said that, look, we, we had good intentions, but we didn't think about it enough. Because if you if you just sit and think about it a little more, Asian woman. Poof, there we go. I love Tilda Swinton. I think she did a bang up job as the ancient one, but I get it. I, I get why people were frustrated. And you know me, I talk about Asian representation a lot being Asian myself, and it's a big deal to me too. So I 100% understand where Kevin Feige was coming from, and I understand how people were upset about that. But this is exactly what people need to do in situations like this. This is what I did on the show, going, hey, I f***ed up. Here's, here's my apology, and here's my thinking on why I thought it was okay. But I'm still sorry. And this next story from Cinema Blend, apparently Henry Cavill has his next role. There is going to be a reboot to the Highlander series, and he's going to star in it. Now, not a lot is known about this new Highlander movie, but here's my question. Is it really a reboot or is it a remake? Because I know some people don't think that there's a difference, but there is. There is a very important difference between remake and reboot. And this is one of the things that I will stand my ground on and say you are wrong if you don't see it this way, because it's there's one way to see it. Remakes, you're remaking something that's already been done. You're copying the story, you're making it, basically you're updating something old. A reboot is bringing a older idea, an older movie series or TV show, and adding on to that mythos, whether or not it's a direct sequel or you're just doing something that takes place in the same world. Now, here's the confusing thing. A remake can also be a reboot if, by remaking it, they're rebooting a series. So I think that's why it's so important that people get specific when they're talking about this. So is this going to be a Highlander reboot, or is it going to be a remake? Hopefully it is a reboot, and we just know that Connor and Duncan McCloud have done their thing, and this is something else in the Highlander world. My future friends, this next story comes to us from Gizmodo. Apparently, yes, there is a Snyder Cut for the film Sucker Punch. I don't care. I don't care. I liked Sucker Punch. Uh, I can see why it was problematic with the over-sexualization of the women, but it also was a very stylized look at mental health told through a lens of over-the-top kick-ass woman fantasy sci-fi. Some people like it. Some people find it sexist and disgusting. Some people can see why other people say that but still like it. I'm one of those. This isn't like the Justice League where uh, Joss Whedon came in, screwed the pooch so bad that it turned a good idea into something totally flawed. Sucker Punch was a fine film. Don't be asking for the Snyder Cut for stuff that doesn't need it. Do we need the Snyderverse back? Yes, we do. I think Warner Brothers is going down a very bad road by ignoring him. But don't be asking for the Snyder Cut for everything. People have been asking, I mean, this was a couple months ago, but people were asking for the Joel Schumacher cut of Batman Forever and Batman and Robin. Don't, don't do that. Nothing could have saved those films. Don't get me wrong, I love them still, but nothing could have saved them. Don't, don't keep on asking for the director's cut of certain things. Don't, j just get over it. 
my future friends, if you've if you've heard that Dwayne Johnson is planning to remake their Arnold Schwarzenegger movie Conan the Barbarian, uh, don't don't worry or celebrate yet. No matter what your take on it would be, don't do anything yet because it's a rumor. This is one hundred percent a rumor. If they remake Conan, would The Rock be a great choice? Yes, he'd be a f***ing fantastic choice, but there is nothing in the works yet. This is just a rumor, thanks to GiantFreakingRobot.com. Two more stories, my friends. The first is, hey, now the Saw franchise is a billion-dollar global office franchise. Yes, Spiral, technically part of the Saw franchise, even though it's uh, going off in its own direction, it is a spiritual sequel to Saw. Taking place in the same world, Jigsaw was a person. All of these events in those movies already took place. This is about a copycat killer or hell. Hey, maybe Carrie always comes back. I haven't seen this. But thanks to Spiral, Saw has passed the $1 billion mark. And that story was from Variety. And another Variety story in the last story of the week, F9 drives to a mighty $162 million debut overseas. So yes, even though F9 doesn't come out until June 25th here, it's already been released overseas and it's doing really well. It's doing better than any movie since COVID started has. Uh, And this honestly is the perfect movie to bring us back from that. Well, my future friends, is it for the news. Let us take our first break as we hear a word from our friends at the Somewhat Nerdy Podcast Network. And then please stay tuned for the trailer trove. Are you looking for a nerd podcast that touches on every walk of nerd culture? Well, look no further. Somewhat Nerdy Radio is the podcast for you. We cover nerd culture, news, new movie reviews, bad movie reviews, video games, comics, with sprinkles of nerdy nostalgia throughout. Somewhat Nerdy Radio is a flagship podcast of the Somewhat Nerdy Podcast Network. Find us on every podcast app or stream it on somewhatnerdy.com. Good journey, nerds. Right, we're back, and it's time for everyone's favorite segment, The Trailer Trove. Avast, and welcome to The Trailer Trove. All right, well, let's start this trailer trove off, um, god damn it, but sad, with the first trailer for Dear Evan Hansen, set to come out September 24th this year. This is the film adaptation of the Tony and Grammy Award-winning musical about Evan Hansen, a high school senior with social anxiety disorder, and his journey of self-discovery and acceptance following the suicide of a fellow classmate. This is directed by Stephen Chopsky, who wrote and directed Perks of Being a Wallflower. He also directed, let's see, he also directed Beauty and the Beast and Wonder. He wrote the screenplay for Rent, the movie Rent, of course, not the stage play. This stars actor Ben Platt playing a high schooler, which has come under some fire uh, a little bit. Uh, Ben Platt, you would know from movies like the first two Pitch Perfect movies. Uh, He was in the TV show The Politician. And he's also a musician. So why is this guy, who is 28, quite obviously not not a high schooler? Well, for this particular role, it makes a lot of sense because Ben Platt plays Evan Hansen, on Broadway. He played Evan Hansen in the original uh, stage production. The book was based off the stage production. And so when they made the movie, the director, Stephen Chobsky, went, hey, why don't we get the original guy? Chobsky defends the casting of, uh, of Ben Platt, saying that once you hear him sing the songs, you understand that his understanding of the character is just so profound. And I get it, even though you look at him and you go, wow, that is clearly at least, at the very least, someone in college, if not a full-grown adult. For this role, I fully get this. Dear Evan Hansen comes out on September 24th this year. Next up, we have a cute-looking trailer for a movie starring Eliza Schlesinger and Ryan Hansen. Uh, Let's see, who else is in this? Let's see, Margaret Cho is the only other big name I recognize, but this is about a young woman or maybe not a young woman, a a woman in her 30s, who, after years of putting her career first as a stand-up comic, meets a guy who seems perfect, smart, and nice, and also successful, but it seems too good to be true because something just doesn't seem right. He always has the best answer for everything. He's never specific. She asks him where he lives. He says, oh, he bought a house in Beverly Hills, but won't give anything beyond that even though they've been dating. So she kind of hatches a plan with some of her friends going, hey, 
help me figure this out. Help me figure out if he's what they call cuddlefishing me. Cuddlefish where the male pretends to be bigger and better than he is to get with a female. This is a Netflix original comedy coming out June 23rd. All right, friends, next up we have a not really trailer, but they like to tell us it is for The Conjuring, The Devil Made Me Do It coming out June 4th. Ooh, wow, that's really soon, isn't that? I'm excited. Anyway, this trailer is called The Possessed Trailer because it's really just about the possession that this movie is is revolving around, about this young man who witnessed his young brother, I guess, was being possessed by a demon. And then so he tells the demon, hey, take me over instead. And they think, oh, everything's good now, which is totally what you should do in a situation like that, especially if you're actually at a demonic possession. But anyway, it's just the wife of the guy who was possessed talking about what happened while we're seeing scenes from the movie, which I, I guess could be cool. But it also assumes you believe in this stuff. Because you don't have to believe in God or the devil or ghosts or demons or possessions to enjoy these movies. These are these are movies to be watched in a theater and enjoyed. But uh, this trailer kind of sells it as someone who is th this woman who's hoping to spread the story of her husband and what happened. And you know what? Don't give me that. I, I just want to see another trailer for this because I'm already going to see it. Once again, this comes out June 4th. All right, friends, next up, we have a teaser trailer for a Netflix original movie coming out July 14th. That's my birthday. And this one's called A Classic Horror Story. This um, is not a really great trailer at all. It tries to it tries to seem spooky. Uh, it starts out showing us this house that looks like it's some sort of weird combination of the cabin in the woods. If it was in the village from Midsummer. Uh, look at it. If you've seen both of those movies, you'll totally see what I mean. But it just has this old-timey music playing, and then it sounds all creepy over a gramophone or something. And then you see this guy in some weird jigsaw-like trap, and uh, some person pulling some levers or something. That's all we see. It's called The Classic Horror Story. It looks like it's from Italy. So sure, an Italian horror, I'm down to watch this, but I, I can't say if it looks good yet, because all we have is a short teaser. And my future friends, yes, I have to talk about that second teaser trailer for The Eternals. That's coming out November 5th this year. The official premise is, The Saga of the Eternals, a race of immortal beings who lived on Earth and shaped its history with civilizations. Directed by Academy Award winner Chloe Zhao, starring people like Angelina Jolie, Salma Hayek, Gemma Chan, Richard Madden, Kit Harington, so it's two... Game of Thrones people there, Kumail Nanjiani, Brian Tyree Henry, Barry Keohan. Uh, it's just a really interesting looking list. And so we get this teaser trailer that everyone is uh, like eagerly awaiting, and it doesn't really tell us much. We just kind of see all of the Eternals doing something. Sometimes they're just walking. Other times they're like Angelina Jolie is practicing with a weapon or something. We see Kumail Nanjiani doing some sort of dance. Uh, we see... Barry Keoghan walking out of a door. It leaves a lot to be desired. I don't think I care right now. Of course I'm going to see this because it's a Marvel movie. They have a really good track record in even Marvel's worst movies in all the phases so far, not including their early stuff. In all of their phases, even their worst movie is at the very least entertaining. I may never watch Iron Man 2 or 3 again, but hey, those were entertaining films. But here's the thing. I think Marvel is banking on their, well, I know for a fact, Marvel's banking on their name because who the actual f are the Eternals? You have to be a pretty dedicated comic book fan or a really lucky comic book fan to have read this to know who the Eternals are. Because remember, before Marvel started all this stuff, before they started it with Iron Man, who the f was Iron Man? Like we knew who he was because of the song, I am Iron Man. And people went, oh, wait, that's a hero, isn't it? We knew Hulk because of the old TV show. Like, we knew who these people were, but who gave, who gave a flying fuck about the Avengers outside of the comic book shop? Who knew who the Guardians of the Galaxy were? I had only heard of them when the uh, movie was announced. As in, I heard the name, the Guardians of the Galaxy. Doctor Strange, Shang-Chi, besides Spider-Man, who the fuck were any of these people? And so we have the Eternals coming out. And it, it's not really selling itself. Like, who, who really cares right now? 
Okay, yes, a lot of people care because it's Marvel. Like I already said, we're a lot of us are going to see this because it's Marvel. Marvel could choose their most random ass hero. Someone no one has heard of and make a movie about it and people will be like, yeah, I'll watch that because it's Marvel. But they need to start building it up more for us because we were already super excited for like all the other movies at this point before they came out. Am I going to see this? Of course I am. I already said it. You know this about me. Uh, you would have known this about me even if I didn't say anything. But if I had to base it so far on what we've seen in the trailers, I would say skip it. All right, my friends, let me take one last look on the YouTubes before I say there's nothing else. And there isn't. There is nothing else that I see. So once again, my friends, if I miss something that you think I should have talked about, and I recorded this part on the 24th on Monday. So if it came out after then, it'll probably be in the next episode. But if I missed something, let me know. Always let me know. At the very least, I'll say, oh, that's for next week, but just be stoked someone reached out. Well, that is it for the trailer drove. Let us take our next break as we hear a word from our friends at the Watchmouth Podcast. Then we'll be right back with the limited release movies. Please stay tuned. There are several ways to raise money for a good cause. Some do it by running marathons. Some host high-dollar dinners. And some just do it by clever interneting. We here at the Watch Your Mouth Podcast employ a different approach. Wall-to-wall filthy f***ing language. Go to a grocery store, I'm like, I know exactly what I need. I get in there, I'm like, Yeah, <laughs> the f*** yeah. did I even come here for? With our charity swear jar, every f***ed up utterance from our unfettered gobs is a dime in the right direction. The motherfucker's a mouth breather. Gaming, movies, life musings, it's all here. Served on a bed of f***s and garnished with a crown of Shut the f*** up! How the f*** did we get here? F*** all that f***ing jelly bean! So if you want to hear us do good things with bad words, check out the Watch Your Mouth podcast on iTunes. SoundCloud, Facebook, or online at WIMpodcast.com. And remember, swearing is caring, so watch your mouth. All right, my friends, we are back with the limited movies, and let's start with a documentary, the first of two documentaries. This one called Moby Doc, which I love as a title. A surrealist biographical documentary about trailblazing electronic musician and animal rights activist Moby. So yes, this is a uh, documentary about Moby. And it makes me happy that the first song from Moby you hear in the trailer is Extreme Ways, which is my favorite Moby song because it's the theme to the Bourne identity or the Jason Bourne movies. And I don't know what that says about me because we have this artist and activist and I know his music from a movie series. Well, of course, that's something I would do. Uh, But if you're a fan of Moby, this is getting a limited release this week. Uh, If it comes out on streaming, if I can find it anywhere, I will let you know. Next up, we have Swimming Out Till the Sea Turns Blue, a limited release movie. Filmmaker Jia Zhangke chronicles his local literature festival in Shenzhi, Shenzhi, I think, China, which includes a multi-generational roster of the country's most esteemed writers. This is another documentary. So here's a weird thing about that premise. I know I don't usually talk about the movies as much in the limited section, but... The premise confuses me because I watched the trailer because if if you don't know how I work, when I put things in the limited section and wide releases and interesting indies, I sit down and I watch all of the trailers for the movies that I found out are coming out. And then I put them in various lists, depending on what I thought of the trailer. The trailer that I saw looks nothing like what this says. It just looks like this filmmaker talking about his hometown and talking about things there. I didn't see anything about a multi-generational roster of the country's most esteemed writers. All I can tell you for sure is this is a documentary from China. That, that's all I actually know. Next up in the limited section, we have Shepherd, the story of a Jewish dog. Also a limited release, no VOD for this one. Caleb, a beloved German shepherd, is separated from his Jewish family when the Nuremberg Laws are enacted in World War II Berlin. Caleb is adopted by an SS officer who trains him to attack and round up Jews at a concentration camp. This stars August Maturo from Girl Meets World and Elite Zurer from Angels and Demons. I feel bad when a movie comes out that's about the Holocaust and I just have no interest in seeing it because it's such a devastatingly important event. Important in the sense that we need to learn about it. We need to keep talking about it. We need to keep it as something we talk about, especially with Holocaust deniers out there. But when I see a movie like this, it it doesn't seem good at all. It just seems like it's playing at our heartstrings. 
like someone thought, hey, you know, those movies about dogs like A Dog's Journey do very well. World War II movies do very well. Let's combine them. Uh, No, thank you. I will skip this one. Next up, we have a limited release and a VOD release called Women, a small town detective investigates a sociology professor when a mutilated body is found and women have gone missing from his class. This stars Anna Maichi, I think from Tiny Pretty Things. And after watching the trailer, I'm surprised this even is getting a limited release. It looks like one of those movies that you would see in a bargain bin somewhere going, oh, wow, I wonder why this is a dollar. And you just kind of chuck it back. It's like it's not even worth your time. Next movie, American Trader, The Trail, Trail. Next up is American Trader, The Trial of Axis Sally, which always makes me have to re-record it because Axis Sally is very hard for me to say. I don't know why. I think it's the double S's. Uh, This is a limited and VOD release. I've talked about it on the show before when the trailer came out. Uh, This is about an American woman named Mildred Gillers who broadcasted Nazi propaganda during World War II. She was dubbed Axis Sally by the American GIs who simultaneously loved and hated her. The story plunges the viewer into the dark underbelly of the Third Reich's hate-filled propaganda machine, Sally's eventual capture, and the subsequent trial for treason in Washington, D.C. after the war. This stars Al Pacino from Dog Day Afternoon, Meadow Williams from Den of Thieves, Mitch Pelegi from X-Files, and Thomas Ketcherman from Resident Evil Apocalypse. Or Kretschman. Thomas Kretschman, I think? Uh, this is one of those movies I talk about a lot where it looks like they get they got someone famous just because this famous person was in between projects. And, and they're like, hey, we'll give you a bunch of money. You can come in for just a couple days, record your scenes and then go. And we'll feature you prominently on the on the trailer. So this sounds very interesting, but the movie just seems like it falls short. This is based on a true story. Mildred Gillers was a real woman. And she really did work for the Nazi propaganda machine. But the question is, and the question that they asked in the trial was, was she coerced or did she do this willingly? I just read the Wikipedia article on this because I'm never going to watch the movie and I don't want to spoil it for you just in case you want to watch it. But if you want to find out, it's all there. Like what happened to her and uh, if if she won the case or if she lost and what happened after that. So another World War II movie that I will be uh, I'll be skipping. And finally, nope, two more, two more limited release movies. The second to last one is a true limited release, no VOD here, called Endangered Species. Endangered Species is an intense, action-packed survival adventure about a wealthy American family who travel to the vast African wilderness of Kenya, hoping for a dream vacation filled with excitement, bonding, and a chance to fix the growing rifts within their family. But when their safari vehicle is attacked by a rhino protecting her calf, the family is left stranded. Miles from help and their dream vacation turns into a nightmare struggle for survival in a world where they are at the bottom of the food chain. This stars Rebecca Romaine from the original X-Men, Philip Winchester from Flyboys, Michael Johnson from Teen Wolf, the TV show, and Jerry O'Connell from Sliders. And, you know, stand by me, but he hates talking about that. So in this movie, we have Rebecca Romaine and Philip Winchester, husband and wife, trying to fix their relationship and they go on a... Journey to Africa, because, um, yeah, why not? I mean, if that's what you want to do, whatever floats your boat, do it. And they go on this safari and they think, I know it's fun. I know what will be fun. Let's go off the safari path into an area where they tell you not to go. What could possibly go wrong? It's f-ing Africa. It's the African wilderness that has f-ing dangerous shit out there. And then when they're trying to walk back home, they run into a poacher played by Jerry O'Connell, who's like, oh, hey, um, just for fun, we're going to hunt you. Uh, No, thanks. I'm going to pass on this. Maybe it's up your alley. And you know what? If it is, if you ever see a movie that I talk about in the limited section that I'm not interested at all, let me know what you think. Honestly, tell me if you liked it, I'll give it a shot. If you didn't like it, I'll go, hey, thank God I didn't watch it. And thank you for taking one for the team. And finally, the last movie, a video on demand film called Funhouse. When eight celebrities from around the globe are invited to compete in an online reality show, they soon realize that they are playing for their very lives. As those voted off suffer horrific consequences broadcast live to the entire world. This stars Walter Skarsgård from Lords of Chaos. And no, we've been seeing too many of these movies. Uh, It just, no, no, not really. We had Nerve from just a couple years ago that was very similar, and uh, I'd rather not. It's bad enough that reality shows are so popular. I don't get 
why they're so popular. But of course, hey, I don't get it, so I just don't watch it, right? That's how it works. But I don't need a bunch of movies based on it. Well, my friends, that is it for the limited release section. Let us take our next break as we hear a word from our friends at We're Doing Fine with Robbie and Lisa, and we'll come back with the wide releases and interesting indies. Please stay tuned. Hi, I'm Lisa. And I'm Robbie. And we host a show called We're We're Doing Doing Fine. Fine. We're friends from across the ocean. I'm from Scotland. And I'm from California. Join us every week as we chat about biscuits. You mean cookies. Brexit. Whatever's going on here. Who knows? Almost dying. Why we're single. Popular culture. And basically everything and anything that can distract us from this postmodern hellscape we're all living in. Because we're we're doing doing fine. All right, we're back. We are back with one, two, three, four, five movies in the wide releases and interesting indies section. And the... Well, it's kind of obvious what the pick of the week is because of the name of the show. And I and damn it, I am clever for that one. You're welcome. But let's start with the first interesting indie called Blue Miracle. This is a Netflix original to save their cash strapped orphanage. A guardian and his kid partners with a washed up boat captain for a chance to win a lucrative fishing competition. This stars Dennis Quaid from Frequency, Dana Wheeler Nicholson from Tombstone, Raymond Cruz from The Closer. Bruce McGill from Rizzoli and Isles, Fernanda Orejola from Narcos, Jimmy Gonzalez from Mayans MC, Anthony Gonzalez, who is the voice of Coco in Coco, or the voice of Miguel in Coco, Isaac Arianes from Ghost Rider from Apple TV+. And come on, do I, do I have to say it? I'm, I'm going to say it. You know, you know what I'm going to say, and I'm going to say it anyway. It's Netflix. Just... Check it out. Why not? You already pay for Netflix. Worst case scenario, you turn it off, go, nah, not for me. Whoops. All right. Next up, we have a very interesting looking indie film called Port Authority. This is a limited release and a VOD release. Port Authority is a love story set in New York's Kiki Ballroom scene and follows Paul, a 20-year-old Midwesterner who arrives at the central bus station and quickly catches eyes with Y a 22-year-old girl voguing on the sidewalk. After Paul seeks her out in secret, an intense love between them blossoms. But when Paul discovers why he is trans, he is forced to confront his own identity and what it means to belong. This stars Fionn Whitehead from Dunkirk and Lena Bloom from Fluidity. And Lena Bloom is actually a trans woman, so yay! But that, that premise... Gives me some questions. Not not for anything about what the movie's about, but what the f*** is voguing? Like, I don't... I, I, I Am I that old? It's either that I'm old, or I was never cool in that sense. Or it's just a cultural thing from New York's Kiki Ballroom scene. Okay, so, you know, I asked what the Kiki Ballroom scene is, and I did something called Googling, and I found out, thanks to a magazine called The Atlantic, apparently, uh, this headline b- gives me the bare-bones basics... In the Kiki ballroom scene, queer kids of color can be themselves. So apparently, the Kiki scene is a, quote, close-knit community of mostly Black and Latinx LGBTQ youth, some as young as 13 years old, because these are LGBTQ youth of color who get kicked out of their houses or have really bad, like, really bad lives, and they are searching for something. And to be honest, I'm reading this right now, so there may be more to it, and there's probably a lot more to it than I have even said, uh, so I don't think I'm any sort of expert on this. I'm just reading this right now. So basically, this sounds like something that's really cool because it helps homeless LGBTQ youth, but also very sad because it's even needed that someone could get kicked out of their house and disowned by their family because of the way they are. So yeah, this movie sounds very, very interesting. Port Authority gets an 8.5 out of 11. And I realize I didn't give Blue Miracle a score. Blue Miracle gets a 7 out of 11. All right, let's jump to a Hulu original film called Plan B. This follows a straight-laced high school student and her slacker best friend who, after a regrettable first sexual encounter, have 24 hours to hunt down a Plan B pill in America's heartland. This stars Victoria Morales from Teen Wolf, the TV show, Jacob Vargas from Mr. Iglesias, Eddie Patterson from Knives Out, Mason Cook from Speechless, and Michael Provst from Insatiable. Just like the Netflix one, 
another film that if you already have Hulu, just check out the trailer. And if it interests you even a little bit, why not check it out? From the looks of the trailer, this looks like a comedy with just a little message hidden in it. The message being, why was it so hard for this young woman to hunt down a Plan B pill? But fear not, if you're looking for a comedy, this is a straight-up comedy, even if it has just a, you know, a little bit of a message there. We have the creators of the Harold and Kumar movies behind this film, and it's directed by Natalie Morales, uh, who was in uh, the show Dead to Me and Santa Clarita Diet and uh, what else? A couple other things. Parks and Rec for a little bit. Uh, you've probably seen her. Just uh, look up a picture of her. You go, oh yeah, her. Uh, Plan B looks funny. It looks like a funny teen comedy. And if that's your jam, check this out. Plan B gets a 7 out of 11. All right, my friends, the final movie that's not the pick of the week is Cruella. This is getting a nationwide release plus a Disney Plus premiere access release. And remember, that means even if you have Disney Plus, you have to pay for it. Like 30 bucks, I think, which is stupid. This is a live-action prequel feature film following a young Cruella DeVille. This is directed by Craig Gillespie from I, Tanya and Lars and the Real Girl. And I never knew this, but 101 Dalmatians was written by Dodie Smith, who did I Capture the Castle. This stars Emma Stone from La La Land, Emma Thompson from Nanny McPhee, Joel Fry from Yesterday, Paul Walter Hauser from Black Klansman, Emily Beecham from Hail Caesar, and Mark Strong from Kingsman, The Secret Service. I do want to see this. I do. It looks like it looks like someone at Disney watched a Joker and went, you know what? Let's do the same thing. Let's do the same thing with uh, Cruella. Cruella DeVille. That sounds good, right? And I know I'm not the only one to make that comparison. I know everyone else has. But it's true. That's why so many people are making the comparison. It just seems like Disney locked on to how dark and gritty this jo the Joker movie was when we can try and do something similar, not nearly as dark, not nearly as gritty, but we can tell the history of a character that really doesn't have a history. And what's more, I didn't know that Cruella DeVille was Asian. And will that Emma Stone joke ever get old? No, no, it won't. I've seen the trailers for this. You've seen the trailers for this. It looks fine. I mean, it looks like a standard modern Disney movie. It's not going to be bad. It's not going to be fantastic. It's just going to be a fun film. You're going to watch this and go, that was good. I'm glad I watched this. But maybe it just won't stick around. Maybe you don't have to own it. Maybe you don't have to watch it again. But you'll watch it once. You'll have a good time. And uh, that's what it's all about. Well, that and the Hokey Pokey. Cruella is actually rated PG-13, but I honestly don't see why you couldn't take a younger kid to it. Because remember, the uh, MPAA is just a bunch of bullshit anyway. There we go. That's the analogy I want to make. Okay, Cruella is the Devil Wears Prada and Joker had a baby. That's what this movie is. Either way, it looks good and it's coming out this week. So remember, you can catch us in theaters or on Disney Plus Premier Access. Cruella gets a 7.5 out of 11. All right, my future friends, let us talk about the final movie on the list. Which means that, yes, it is the pick of the week, and that film is called, come on, say it with me, A Quiet Place Part 2. Following the events at home, the Abbott family now face the terrors of the outside world. Forced to venture out into the unknown, they realize the creatures that hunt by sound are not the only threats lurking beyond the sand path. This stars Emily Blunt, John Krasinski, Millicent Simmons, and Noah Jupe from the first film. Added to the cast... Cillian Murphy from Sunshine, and Jimin Honsu from Blood Diamond. All right, I'm a big fan of this cast. I really am. I really liked A Quiet Place just like a lot of us did. It was a really good horror. It was a, a very interesting movie, familiar ideas behind it, but it was so unique, especially in its presentation, that it really became its own thing. We, we have seen movies about... Uh, aliens or monsters or whatever that hunt by sound. It's not very unique, but everything else they did, the way they put it together and wrapped it up with a nice little bow was what made this film special. And the fact that silence was such a big part of the film, that was really impressive. I did not want to breathe while watching this film. You know, I had to though, because um living, but I didn't want to breathe. I, I just... 
I I felt like I too had to be quiet and you should be quiet when watching a movie. Remember that. But I felt like my my safety depended on it. And I know logically, no, it didn't. Of course, I didn't actually think these monsters were there, but the film was so engrossing. And I'm looking forward to more of that with part two, because it looks like a it looks like a sequel that they took seriously. It looks like they went, okay, we can do this film. We can make a sequel to this, but it's not just going to be a cash grab. We're actually going to make a good film. And I am 100% excited that that's what they're going to do, or at least it looks like they're doing. And I'm glad they can bring, oh, and you know, spoilers for A Quiet Place if you haven't seen it yet, but come on, it's been a while. But I'm glad they can bring John Krasinski back without having, you know, without having to be something corny like, oh, he didn't really die. Oh, no, he's actually alive. This is all great. Or that was a dream or his twin brother. No, like flashbacks was a great way to do it. Even though I'm still upset. No, he didn't have to die. That was stupid. But that was my biggest complaint with the movie. Everything else I loved. I loved everything else about the film. But my biggest complaint, of course, was the fact that no, John Krasinski didn't have to die. But that's over. That's over and done with. That is in the past. We have the future to look forward to with The Quiet Place Part 2. We have the family venturing out. And I like how good they are at staying silent. And I, I know that's a weird thing to say because that's the plot. But it's believable. It comes so naturally. Just seeing them walk through the world. it just It's just so natural. Watching them stay silent. It doesn't seem like this is new to them and they're like, oh, you know, we can't, uh, or like the people don't breathe. You know, it's not like they were, they were clearly out of their element where in this, this is the world they live in. And, and was I the only one that wanted to sing Phil Collins then? No. Okay. Well, that's the world they live in that this is every day for them. What I expect from this film is more of the first. I expect a different plot. I expect Different, I expect different things with how the story unfolds, but what I expect is more of the same energy, the same feeling, the same the same thought in my head that if I am too loud while watching this film, shit is going to go down. I look forward for the return. I look forward to the return of characters I care about that I am invested in. And so that's easy peasy. Uh, the movie's probably going to start with a flashback so we can see John Krasinski right away and then maybe we won't see him for the rest of the film. I don't know. But it's going to start with a flashback right away, just to remind us who these people are. But we we do know. And if you haven't seen A Quiet Place Part 1, you shouldn't be watching this. Easy peasy. So we go into this movie knowing who these people are, knowing who the Abbott family is, knowing what they've already gone through, knowing that the daughter, played by Millicent Simmons, is deaf, played by a deaf girl. So yay for inclusivity there. This movie has every sign pointing to it that's going to be good. If you shake a magic eight ball, and you look at it, it says, hey, this movie's going to slap. It's going to do well, but as well as it can do during COVID times. And I am thankful that movie theaters are actually starting to release things in the theater and they're not holding back films anymore because this is what we need. This film isn't going to do great. Uh, Fast 9 probably isn't going to do as great as it could have been if it was released next year or if COVID never happened. But we have to start taking these chances. And I'm glad and I'm more willing to support these movies that are going to take that chance to get us back into the theater to realize that we need theaters. And if we want to if we want to give theaters our custom, if we want to go to them and watch films, we need something to watch. And this is a film to watch. I like Emily Blunt and John Krasinski. I like uh, Cillian Murphy and Jimin Honsu. This is a good cast. Uh, and Millicent Simmons and Noah Jupe, too. They're, they're all good. This is a solid cast with a good idea. That's a sequel. It looks like a well-deserved sequel to a movie that was really good. Everything, like I said, everything points to this movie being good. And I cannot wait for it. Uh, my wife should be vaccinated by the time this comes out. No, she's getting vaccinated that day. So she's getting her final vaccination. I'm already vaccinated. Because because I'm an because I'm an essential worker, I got it a little earlier than she did. But now she's going to be vaccinated and it's going to open up a lot for us. I mean, we're not going to go running around everywhere, everywhere with no masks like some sort of idiot. But it's going to open up the world to us again. Kind of. If we see a movie, this is going to be it. If I see a movie this week, it's going to be A Quiet Place Part 2. I'd rather the two of us go to a theater, pay $20, $22 
and get a drink or something and watch his film than pay $30 to watch Cruella at home. If Disney ever lowers their prices for their premiere access, I would highly consider it every time. But since they're not, Quiet Place Part 2 is going to get my custom if I go to a theater. Tell me, were you a fan of A Quiet Place Part 1? Are you looking forward to Part 2? Maybe you are a fan of Part 1, but don't doesn't think... Maybe you're a fan of Part 1, but you don't think it needs a sequel. Either way, just tell me what you think. Are you going to see this? Are you going to skip it? Are you going to wait till it comes out on DVD or streaming? Just let me know. As for me, I cannot wait. A Quiet Place Part 2 gets a 10 out of 11. All right, my future fans, um, I just noticed something. Or did I just notice it or did I talk about it already on the show? Oh, God. Since I record over multiple days, sometimes I really can't remember when I said something. And if I or did, I notice something when I was recording. So I said it or if I noticed it at, at, at work, I think I skipped episode 202. I really think I did. So we're just going to um, we're just going to call this one 203 again. <laughs> and uh, and then we'll be back on track. Right. Counting is hard. It is. Well, you know, what, my future friends, you know, what? let me know. Let me know stuff. Have you seen any good movies lately? Ann and I watched Mitchell's versus the machines and Joker. Uh, I liked them both. Mitchell's versus the machines, I think is a better movie. Uh, it's a really good film. Joker was entertaining, if not really dark. But tell me, what have you seen lately? Uh, anything you've seen that you think I might enjoy? Or just tell me, give me a review for something or ask me a question. Just, hey, reach out, let me know. But without further ado, my future friends, let us jump into the closing housekeeping. You can find me on Apple Podcasts, SoundCloud, Spotify, Stitcher, Google Play, and any podcast app, as well as the Somewhat Nerdy website. That is somewhatnerdy.com. I would really appreciate it if you take a few minutes out of your day to give the podcast a rating. I would love five stars, please. And also, share the podcast. Share with your friends. That is how we grow here on the show. And then how do you reach me? That is a great question. You can leave a comment for me on the Somewhat Nerdy website or Facebook page. You can leave a comment on SoundCloud. You can hit me up on Twitter or Instagram at BilliamSWN. You can email me at BilliamReviews at gmail.com. And please consider supporting the show on Patreon. You can find a link in the show notes and also on the Somewhat Nerdy site. Be sure to check out the other shows in the network, Somewhat Nerdy Radio and Nerds of the Squared Circle. Don't forget to support the friends of the show. You've heard their ads tonight. Please check out my personal blog, BilliamTheNerd.com. And then finally, my dear friends, my dear, dear listeners, my future friends, please remember that no matter where life takes you, no matter what your week has in store, just take some time to catch a flick. I'm Billion from Somewhat Nerdy signing off, and I'll see you in the future.